Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. All right, we're back from vacation. I just spent the last nine days in Mexico completely taking off work. And it was amazing. I love doing that a couple times a year, just completely disconnect. Don't answer work messages. Let myself just be on social media for fun. And it's just so rewarding. So I love it so much. Okay. I'm going to start with a little bit of a lesson, something that I was thinking about when I was in Mexico. Because even though I took work off, my brain is always still going, right? I'm always thinking about different things and what's going on in my mind. And I ran tons of thought coaching models on myself when I encountered certain things on my trip. Did anybody do a thought model or write down thoughts? I challenged people on our last call together about a week and a half ago to try to write down one thought a day. And then if you're feeling extra ambitious to try and put it in a model, even if it meant that you didn't know how to fill it in. If you're willing to share your model in the comments, that would be awesome. One thing that I want to talk to you about is understanding the why in your business. The reason that I named this program Beyond the Rank is because something that I saw in myself as I very quickly hit the top of my network marketing company, but also that I saw in other people, both on my team, on other teams, in other companies, there was one common trend that every single top leader had And that was, is that many people felt unfulfilled when they hit the top rank of their company. And they would say things like, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Like worked so hard for so many years. And then I get here and it's just sort of like, blah, right. And what my goal to teach you about every single time that we get together in one way or another is that there is something so much better than the highest rank your company has to offer. So much better. Because in our minds, we think when I hit diamond, when I hit top leader rank in whatever company you're in, when I hit this rank, then I will feel this way. Or then I will be this kind of a leader. Or then I won't have these worries anymore. And to an extent, you're right. There is an opportunity there that happens oftentimes when we achieve our goal. But there's also space there where we feel like 
I did it. And like, when, when are the fireworks going to go off? Have you ever felt this way in your life? Maybe it was when you got married and you thought, oh, I'm going to get married and my life's going to be like this. Or for me, we went through years and years of infertility. And I remember, uh, I remember telling my husband, oh, I just, can't wait to be a mom. And when I'm a mom, like all my problems are going to go away. And then I had Brennan (laughs) who was so severely colicky that he cried for 18 hours a day for the first five months of his life. And I remember just sitting and sobbing on the floor in our apartment while my husband was in physical therapy school just thinking, I know I wanted to be a mom, but I was wrong and I don't know what I'm doing. And this is not how I thought it was going to be. Right. And so many of you will think, okay, I'm recommitted, committing to myself. And I am going to just, I'm going to really go all in and I am going to sprint to my goal. How many of you have um, a company contest going on right now, or in our company, we just recently announced uh, our next 90 90 day contest that we're all working for a trip to earn and, and prizes along the way, like cash and shopping sprees, all these things. Right. And, and I have seen so many people just be like, yes, sprinting. I'm going to do it. That's my goal. And, um, And when I earn the fill in the blank, cash, shopping spree, Disney World tickets, uh, whatever it is that the prize is, when I hit that, I'm going to be somebody in this company or I am going to feel so amazing. I'm going to feel like the best leader ever. And then month goes by things aren't really happening and you're starting to question yourself and you maybe start to believe like, maybe this isn't going to happen for me. Why did I, you know, think that I could achieve this? I always get so excited about these things and they never happen for me. Put a one in the comments if you can relate to any of what I just said. Because the reason why I want to point this out to you that this happens so frequently for so many of us, yes, the ones are coming up (laughs) like crazy in the comments, right? One with lots of exclamation points, right? And the thing that I want you to know first and foremost is that that feeling that you think is at the end of that tunnel, right? Is actually something that you can feel right now. You don't have to wait for the achievement to feel that way. And when you understand why you're sprinting toward your goal, it opens up this opportunity for you to be able to enjoy the experience on a whole different level. Now, for me personally, I worked so hard and so fast to get to the top of my company, super, super fast. And I was pretty much miserable the entire time. I didn't make time to eat. I didn't make time to exercise. I barely slept. And I was just like white knuckle gripping it to win everything I could. 
top prizes, private islands, shopping sprees, all the things, right? And it was great. I experienced all of it and I was present and I loved it and I celebrated it. But at the end of it, I felt so empty. And whether you're going for the first rank in your company or the third rank in your company or the fourth rank in your company or the highest rank in your company, oftentimes if you are being driven by when I hit that, then I'll feel this. When you get there, there's this feeling of discontent or unfulfillment where you're like, oh, what was that all about? What was that for? Right. And so what I want you to do right now is wherever you are in your business and whatever goal you are, you're looking to achieve, I want you to sit and I want you to think about how are you going to feel when you hit that achievement or that rank or that prize or whatever, put it in the comments. If you'd like to, what feeling are you going to feel? Because that's the only thing that's driving you most of the time, most of the time, sorry, most of the time it's what's driving you is you want to get to that feeling. And what happens sometimes, some people are saying, I want to feel amazing. I want to feel accomplishment. And what I want you to know is you can feel that right now. And the only difference between you being able to feel that right now and when you've achieved it is your thoughts change in the process. That's it. All right. So I want you to think about that as we coach today and as we, as we talk about all these things, and then I'm going to write some of the models as I'm coaching today on here. So if you are trying to work on teaching yourself how to do a model and you're trying to figure out how to get better at doing your own self-coaching, which is the best kind of coaching that you can possibly access, I'm just here to teach you how to do it, all right, and how to ask you questions to help you get clarity on it. So I'm going to start with Trisha. Am I saying your name right, Trisha? Hopefully you can take yourself off mute. No, you're not saying my name right, but that's okay. Is it Tricia? Yes, it is. Tricia. Okay, perfect. Um, can, do you want to take your, do you want to turn your camera on at all? I can do it. I'm oh. here in my car at work. <laughs> perfect. Great. Okay. Tricia. Got it. <laughs> all right. What can I help you with today? Well, I don't know. Like when my friend told me about this, I, it just took, in my God, I just knew I should be here. So here I am. Um, I'm like, there's going to be like a million other people who want to be here and probably deserve it more, but here I am. Um, my struggle is, is I ranked and I burnt out and I felt like it was at the expense of like my relationship with my husband, which we're, we're still happily married, but I didn't want to put that on the back burner again. I'm like, how do I balance both or three? Should you be able to balance it? I think I should be able to. Tell me a little bit more about when you ranked. You said you ranked and then you, did you say you lost your rank? I did. Tell me a little bit more Um, about that. 
Okay. So I was, you know, putting in like all evenings, all weekends, because I had a job. And I, that was just what I did all the time. And it was great. It was exciting. There was a lot of adrenaline. It was really exciting. You know, I went gold and it was like a miracle and all the fun things. And then my husband's, I was like, we're going to keep on going. Like I'm going to the next level. And he's like, yeah, but you don't have time for anything else anymore. And I don't like it. It's Cosette. She's banging on the door. You guys, let me just walk over. That's so distracting. Like who knew that a dog could be so disruptive, a small little 15 pound dog, even sorry. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Um, so like, I, I don't know, like I'm struggling to put it into words, even just like, I don't, I want to do it. Like I, I see that there's so much good potential in having this business and to work it. Meanwhile, yes, I do work a full-time job right now and I love it. Um, and I want to keep on doing this because I need the social interaction of like face-to-face. When I started really putting in a lot of effort in my business was when I didn't have a work permit and I had moved to a different country. And so I'm like, hey, I can have this, this other income. And that was my one huge motivation because I had tons of time. Okay. So what would you say the biggest problem is? I mean, I could say it it sounds like it maybe is poor time management. Maybe it's a lack of vision or a lack of understanding. One of the things that I'm wondering is you talked about burnout and how it affected your relationship with your husband, right? And you said that um, you hit your rank and then you lost your rank. And there was just all this burnout surrounding it. And why is that a problem? It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Okay. So you hit gold. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So third ranking company hit third rank in company and lost rank. I don't know how quickly I lost rank, but yeah, I did lose rank. I, I could really regain it probably pretty quickly, but I, I just, it's been so overwhelming to even look at where I'm at. Like I, for months, I didn't even have the brain capacity to go and look. Where are your points at right now? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> fell below rank. Okay. And what do you think about that? Like, why is it a problem to lose your rank? Because I wanted, I wanted more. Like, I like at one stage, like I saw it as like a potential awesome future. Like, my husband wants to see me being the main income earner in our home because he just thinks I have what it takes. He's like, "You are awesome. You can do it." Like, the reason we're going to you know, make a go at this life or whatever is because you are so awesome and you can do this thing. Um, so when I flunked at that, it was just like maybe a letdown in lots of different ways. What feeling comes up for you? Kind of like confusion. Like it can be done, but, but how, 
Okay. So when you hit the third rank in your company and you fell below rank, you think what? I don't even, what I think is, what do you think about that? How do I pick it back up again? Like, what's the answer to that? I don't, and it's just like, I know what the answer is. And yet I just, I feel like my feet are like stuck in the muck or whatever. And it's just like, but I don't want to sacrifice relationship again because. Okay. I don't want to sacrifice my relationship again. Is this with husband? Yes. My relationship with husband again. Okay. And when you think that I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with my husband again, what do you feel? A one word emotion. Is blank an emotion? No. (laughs) Overwhelmed maybe When you think, I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with my husband, you feel what vibration in your body? Very confused. Confused. Which sounds awful because I love my husband a lot. Like that, we have a good marriage and whatever. It's just like, and he wants it for me. And yet at the same time, when it comes down to the grind of it, It's like our visions don't align. So it's confusing. Because when you think, I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with my husband again, you instantly feel confusion. You're asking really tough questions. I confusion isn't quite the right word. I've it's been such an overwhelming thought to me that I haven't even allowed myself to journey down that path. Yeah. So let's go there for just a minute. Let's think about, okay, you want to regain your rank. Do you? You do, right? You said you want to, but Mm -hmm. you think, I don't want to sacrifice with my relationship with my husband again. And then there's a feeling that's going to come inside your body that probably my guess if I had to bet money on it, it would be a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And the first yeah. thing you told me was blank. Is blank an emotion? And I said, no, <laughs> blank is not an emotion. And then you said overwhelm. And then you said confusion. If you had to pick one of those as a way to describe the feeling that you feel inside of your body when you think, I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with my husband again, which one would be most strong when you think that thought? Uh, Probably overwhelmed. Okay. And when you feel overwhelmed, what do you do? Work out. Okay. What else?
Do you talk to your husband about it? Do you ever have a conversation with him about it when you're feeling overwhelmed? I do. What does that look like? Um, it depends if I worked out first or not. Okay. Let's, let's list, let's list them both. So if I haven't worked out and I'm like the ultimate level of overwhelm, it's not going to go well, um, because I won't communicate my thoughts well. Um, and so you talk to your husband in what kind of a voice? Well, it probably is going to start out good. Like me talking to you right now. And then it will probably escalate to like the ultimate level of stress. Okay. So talk to husband, uh, and leads to elevated stress. Yeah. Voice. Okay. What else do you do when you feel overwhelmed? Shut down. What does that look like? Just basically you just do what you have to do to survive. You know, like you, you, you go to your job, do your job. Um, you just do like all the menial life tasks that everybody else is doing and you don't do anything pushing towards what was overwhelming you. Or so me. the last time that you felt overwhelmed when you thought, I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with my husband again. Did you do things like laundry or dishes or check your work email? Like, did any of those things happen in that moment? No. Uh, do you check your phone? Do you scroll Facebook? Any of that going on? No. So you're, you work out when you feel overwhelmed, you work out and you talk to your husband and sometimes that leads to an elevated stress voice. Okay. Um, what are you not doing when you feel overwhelmed? I'm not like chipping away the thing that's overwhelming me and just taking care of like the the simple tasks that are going to lead to the big one. Okay. So you're avoiding what? The situation. Cause you know. said, I'm not chipping away at the, did you say you're not chipping away at the small tasks? What would the small tasks be? Well, like, I guess in the context of, of business, it would be just something that, leads me towards finding out what I need to do, like mm -hmm. going and finding what my points are, finding out where people are at, like just some really simple tasks that don't really involve me having to um, have a conversation with anybody. It doesn't require me to put together lots of nice words to do like a social media post or to have an interaction with people. Um, like it's just things that have no relational or emotional impact. Okay. So in addition to working out and talking to husband, we also avoid looking at our back office and leader check-ins. 
and avoiding posting and any business conversations, anything else that you do or don't do, like what's going on in your head during all of this? A lot of times it's like, okay, what, what is something that I can do that will be like honorable to my relationship with my husband that will get me in this direction? And I'm just always, my brain just goes stops because, you know, once I start working into the direction of doing something, like I want to continue in that direction. And I am so afraid that I'm going to start to like snowball and then I'm going to leave him in the dust. So a little bit of like, sort of like catastrophizing the future. Like if I do this again, I'm going to leave him in the dust. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of, I'm running out of room here. Because I started too low on my paper. Catastrophizing. I can't spell this word if you can't (laughs) tell you guys. It's just, I'm just going to spell it wrong. And you guys know what that means, right? It's not spelled right. Not even close. I missed like a bunch of letters and then it all went downhill from there. (laughs) Catastrophizing. Meaning you're just make, you're, you're thinking all the things that could go wrong before they can even go wrong, right? Your brain's like, see, inside your head, when you're doing all this, you're like, see, and I'm just gonna leave them in the dust if I do this again. So like, I gotta just, black and white, can't move forward, right? And so when you hit the third rank in your company and you fell below your rank, you thought, I don't wanna sacrifice my relationship with my husband again. And then you felt overwhelmed. And when you felt overwhelmed, you worked out, you talked to your husband. Sometimes that leads to elevated stress voice. You avoided the back office, leader check-in, avoided posting and business conversations. In your head, you were sort of catastrophizing, leaving him in the dust. And what comes from all of this? Nothing positive. What do you get from it? I have to put it up here. I'm sorry. Normally it needs, normally it would go down here, but I've, I've run out of space. So stay with me here, but you probably can't even see that, huh? So <laughs> nothing positive. I am sacrificing my relationship with myself. It's like sacrificing my goals and like, like giving up my belief in myself. I am sacrificing my belief in myself. What do you think about that? That's not something I would ever consider okay for anybody else or even okay for myself, like, that's not okay. Why? Because if I don't believe in myself, I can't believe in anybody else. And I can't, like, I will, I will, like, live in, like, a negative mindset towards myself in all areas, even though maybe somebody says, well, this isn't super important. But it was important to me at one time. And if I sacrifice my belief in myself, it, it was, it means that it was still important, but I gave up. Well, it's kind of interesting here because we're so worried about sacrificing relationship with husband, but really what we're doing is we're sacrificing 
relationship with self and belief in self. Are we not? Yeah. It doesn't sound like that's the result that you're looking for. What do you want to happen? Good things. Well, spoiler alert, (laughs) it's always going to be 50-50. It's always going to be 50% positive and 50% negative. Whether you are leaving husband in the dust or bringing him along with you, right? And it's like what I see happening here a little bit is (laughs) you hit this rank and what you're focusing on right now with this thought is that it was bad for husband and it shouldn't have been. Dean's going to come say hi. Cause he just walked in from school. I'm sorry. Say hi. Hi, Dean. Hi. I love you. Thank you. Will you go out and get a snack and I'll be out with you in a little bit. Okay. Okay. I love you. <laughs> the baby of the family guys. I can't tell him. No, (laughs) it's just a thought. Okay. So when you're choosing this thought and you're looking at it in this very black and white way, right? You're like, I can't do this again because if I do this, I'm going to leave husband in the dust and I'm not willing to make that sacrifice. But what's another way that it could go? What's another possibility? I I could pursue my belief in myself and he would catch the vision, even if he was skeptical for a while. What would that look like? It would look like probably a lot of rocky roads for a while, but then and then it, it never would get perfectly smooth because that would not be real life. But like I'm positive that he would be able to get on board with something if he saw me pursuing it, even though it probably freaked the living daylights out of him. But see, the black and white thinking is still coming up here. Right. Cause you're like, there's just no way your brain's like, there's just no way that I can do this without hurting him. Right. Yeah. Is that, oh my gosh, you guys, can you close my office door, please? Okay. Close the door. Thank you. I'm so professional. Aren't you guys just so impressed right now? (laughs) I'm a real mom with four real kids and a dog. (laughs) Okay. There's still some black and white thinking here, right? Your brain's like the only way to do this is hurt husband. There's no other way around. Is it, what else is possible? You could teach me how to think gray or to think in color. (laughs) I believe that you have all the answers. 
So if life is 50-50 and we know that you regaining your rank is going to be 50% positive and 50% negative, and then there's also this other thought error happening that I'm seeing, which is that you believe that you can control husband's feelings. But the only person who can control his feelings is him. Because where do our feelings come from? Our thoughts, right? We, we encounter something. Wife hits third ranking company, super fast, ignored me the whole time. And then he has a thought about that, which creates a feeling and you can't control any of it. But right now your brain's like, yes, we can. And so we have to sacrifice relationship with belief in self because we don't want husband to feel like we're sacrificing the relationship. But what can you do? Because right now you're giving all of your power away to how husband might feel. But we can't control husband. I mean, I've tried for 17 years. I still can't get him to wear the clothes I want him to wear. He won't do it. In fact, the longer we're married, the more stubborn he gets. And I'm like, I can't stand those tennis shoes. They are hideous. Like, did you walk in the store and pick the ugliest pair on purpose just to like make me mad? And sometimes he goes, yep, I did. (laughs) I'm like, see, I knew it. (laughs) Right. Can't control husband. But right now your brain's like, yep, yep. We're controlling husband by not regaining our rank. And that will keep husband happy. Totally fine though. Cause I'm going to sacrifice my belief and relationship with myself to try to control husband. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be doing it that way. Just pointing out that that's what, what I see happening here. It's like, it's a bit off balance. Like everything like a marriage is 50, 52 but I'm giving myself too much. I'm taking too much responsibility for something that's not my responsibility. And like listening to you talk is like, this is probably a reflection of how I grew up too. And working through a lot of how I was raised to think about marriage. And then it, 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 it goes into how I work a business. Mm-hmm. Right. And how I spend my evenings. So what I'm interested to know is what, let's just say like in a perfect world, you get to regain your rank, you get to continue working full-time in your job and you get to do it without sacrificing the relationship with your husband. Like, I want you to picture what that perfect world would look like. I, I think too black and white, Emily, I can't even picture that perfect world because it doesn't exist. But it's interesting that your brain keeps telling you that it does. You're like, yeah, if we don't hold rank, we keep the perfect world. 
where I work, have great relationship with husband. And I just, I don't leave him in the dust and everything is good. Like right now your brain's already telling you that that exists as long as you don't get your re-rank. But the second that you fold that in, it's like the universe is like throwing off a paradigm and you're like, yep, see, can't do it. Rain it in. Got to control husband's feelings. What's coming up for you? I think like a lot of like, like um, surprise and shock and hearing it into words and hearing somebody communicate this back to me. It's like, what have I done with myself? Did I really not like communicate to my husband that this was actually hard for me to like just roll with? Like, did I actually think I was okay with this this whole entire time? Because clearly I'm not. Well, it makes sense that you're doing that though, because you, you want to avoid the little things, right? So number one, have compassion with yourself and be like, oh my gosh, of course I would be like this. Cause I love him so much. I like his, my relationship with him is so important. So of course I'm trying to control his feelings because your lower brain is like death, danger ahead. But your prefrontal cortex, your higher brain is like, yeah, but I still like have goals that I want to achieve too. So what could you do? I, I, my brain is just like, it hasn't journeyed down that trail for so long that my brain's like, I have no idea. I don't even know how I started. How do you have a full-time job and have a good marriage? Um, well, we both work full-time. So when we're both at work, then we're both at work. And, and since we both work full-time, he's willing to do the laundry. And sometimes he does the dishes and sometimes he makes the food and it's give and take. Actually, he usually does the laundry. The reason he has clean clothes today is because he did the laundry. Okay. Okay. So how, like, how could you work in your other, like, how could you work in sending three messages a day into that schedule and still preserve quality time together? Well, I know last fall when I was working full-time, it's been, it's been an interesting experience for me having a job because I'm an immigrant. Um, I would just stay later after work because it's like I'm still at work. So technically I'm at work. And so it's not creating that weird now I'm at home dynamic. Sorry, what creates the weird now I'm at home dynamic? Like if I like when I'm at work, I'm still kind of like in the work zone. Like my brain is still like on task. Whereas when I get home, my brain shifts to now I'm at home. So now like I have all these wife duties. Like that sounds negative. I have like the dishes to do, the dinner to cook, um, all the things. And that is what starts to take over in my mind. But when I'm at my job, somehow like I can shift to, I can shift a gear that I have a hard time finding at home. And what's the difference between the two? I don't know. 
Just take a guess. Let's just take a guess. When I, I'm always my, I'm always like at my best in my car because my car is like my zone. Like, so when I'm in my car, it's just like, now I'm relaxing. There's no other things that are getting like that, like asking for my attention. It's just me and my car. It's just your thoughts are different, right? Your brain's like, no, no. When we're at work, we're at work. And so we just, we're more productive. We get more things done. I don't have to worry about my wifely duties. I'm just at work. So I like get things done at work. And then in my car, like, it's just, I'm in the zone. It's so nice. And then I get home and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't do any of those things. <clears throat> right. The only difference between those three different locations, work, car, home, is what you think about them when you're in them. Kind of interesting to think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> right now, your brain's like, yep, and there's no time for for my, for re-ranking. I can't fit it into it. It doesn't fit anywhere. But what else is true? Or what else is possible? That I could fit it in. Where? At the time that I decided that it was important. And how would you preserve your relationship with your husband and do that? Communicating to him, first of all, that I was going to do this thing. And then being mindful of the time that I spend doing it. I don't know. Like how much time do you need to spend with him every day to have a good marriage? Well, I guess we never sat down and figured that out. Like <coughs> we started out the first six months of marriage. We didn't have a community. And so it was just us. And I think we got spoiled with that and not always in a positive way. Um, We've only been married for like three years. And it was just the two of us for the first six months of marriage. I mean, we had jobs, but there was no other social life. And it does seem that when, since I'm the extrovert to like the nine, once I start getting extra busy and he's not involved in that, that's when it turns into like a weird, you're so busy. He says those words to you. Does he say those words to you? You're so busy. In his version of you're so busy. Yes. What is, what, what is his version? That he, it would be, it takes up so much time and you're always so busy with that in your mind. Oh man. What if you are so busy? And it does take up so much time. What does that mean about you? That I'm unbalanced. Are you? Sometimes. What's so what? What's the problem with that? Um, 
Well, personally, isn't always a problem because it's in life you're always trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You're always like you're always going to be like this and then this <laughs> and then just like juggling it. And you have to, I guess, give yourself grace to figure out the balance and altogether work towards that balance and realize that you're never going to nail it a hundred percent, but you're always working towards it. So why are we letting our brain tell us that it's wrong to do that? Because like you're just speaking from your higher brain right now to me, but it's your lower brain that's that's causing the problem here, right? It's like, yeah, but I mean, you haven't said it in these words, but like what I hear you saying is we need to be spending like all night together. Like when I'm home, I am wife. <coughs> that is that is like nailing my background. Our beliefs are just our Which, thoughts, right? Choosing what we want to believe. So that's why I was asking you, like, how much is, uh, how much time does a good marriage put in every day? You tell me I'm new at this thing. You only know the answer, not me. And it depends from relationship to relationship. I guess that's a different angle of conversation that Keith and I, my husband, I've never really thought of, like, I've never thought about it in that way. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Like I've never thought about, okay, like what would you consider to be like a healthy amount of time together? We have these goals or I have these goals that you have encouraged (laughs) me to have. I would like to pursue them. What do you consider a good, healthy balance? How can we, how can I do something that you are willing to support? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like an amazing, honest conversation that someone in a really good marriage would have with their husband. But right now we're like, oh, let's avoid all that. We'll just work out. We'll avoid doing all these other things and we'll just not have belief in myself. Right. Cause The other thing that I see here as another result is I don't trust myself, right? Yeah. But what if you had your own back? What if you were like, I want to regain this and I am totally going to figure out how to keep my relationship with my husband a priority. And 50% of the time, I'm probably going to be awesome at it. And the other 50% of the time, I'm probably going to be a mess. And he's going to say things like, what, I'm not important anymore. Or he's going to say things like, you're just so busy in his own words or however he says it. And you're going to be like, yep, today I was, but I love you anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So often we're like defensive. We're like, no, I'm not. I'm totally here. You're my number one priority, except I have all these 10 other things I'd rather be doing right now, but I just want you to feel like you're the priority. And then you're pretending and there's this disconnect that happens because right now, another, another result happening here is I disconnect from myself. This is bothering me that it's in the wrong place. My type A is dying. I disconnect. (laughs) with 
myself, right? But connection comes from honesty. So I think go to husband with what you just came up with and start there. And then be like, be, I would even say to him, like, I'm probably going to do it. I'm probably going to like make you a priority 50% of the time. And the other 50% of the time, I'm probably going to be a mess. And I just want you to know, like, I love you so much, but I love me too. Both are important. It's a lot of times why well, you see, like- <laughs> a lot of times why you see women who've been married for a long time and, you know, raise their kids and they they get, they get, you know, their kids all graduate and they move out and they're like, I lost myself in raising my kids. And I think sometimes we all go through that at one way or another. I've, I lost myself when I was building my business to diamond in some ways, right? Like sometimes we just lose ourselves, but we have this incredible opportunity to refind ourselves over and over again, which means wouldn't we have an opportunity to refind our spouse over and over again? Mm-hmm. And letting go of this idea that we have to have a perfect marriage with the perfect amount of time that you spend every day with them. Yeah, I've just never thought of the statement that I've said so many times you can only love others as deeply as you love yourselves. So I've never thought that really in relation to this. Yeah, kind of interesting, isn't it? Look at all this stuff you uncovered today. You're amazing. I've only had like 17 like technical difficulties happen throughout your coaching time. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. We'll have that conversation with your husband if you want. Or you can just keep doing Bye. this. You can keep doing this too. This is also optional. I just want you to see what you're doing here when you pick it because you are choosing to believe this and it is very black and white thinking and that typically shuts us down and then has a negative result. And then sometimes later on in life that can bring resentment and that can, you know, sacrifice relationship with husband if we harbor resentment right yeah so you can even say to him like listen I just want to be totally honest with you I'm like I want to do this and I am super scared that I'm gonna have to sacrifice time with you to do it and that you're gonna think that I don't love you but I am obsessed with you And I want to spend so much time with you, but I also want to do this other thing too. And so I just want you to know, like, I'm going to do this and I'm also going to make you a priority and I'm probably going to do like a 50, 50 job of getting it done. How does that make you feel? Um, what's that word that describes like nervous and scary and excited? Probably all those words. (laughs) (laughs) The brain interprets nervous and excited the same way. It's the same exact thing. It's just one word creates 
one set of butterflies and the other word creates another set of butterflies. So a lot of times if I'm feeling nervous, I'll be like, I'm so excited (laughs) just to confuse my brain and trick it into being that instead of like, I'm so nervous. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to pee and I have to pee and I have to poop. Like (laughs) all the nervous things that happen biologically to us, you know, you've totally got this. So awesome. So awesome. Thanks for getting coached today. Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. Okay. Who is next? I think it was Terry. (coughs) Terry, was it you? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Terry. I'm going to start higher up on the page with you. Yeah. Going to need that. (laughs) Yes. It's so fun. I love it so much. What can I help you with today? Anxiety. Okay. (laughs) Good one. Yeah. Such a good one. Off the business trail. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Fine. It's all, it's, I can do it all, baby. Plus, I think it's really all interconnected too, in a lot of ways, right? Because Anxiety shows up all over the place. That's the way, yes. Right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to do it a little bit different if that's okay with you. Yes. So I want to take you through an exercise that really helped me find peace with my anxiety. Awesome. Okay. So first of all, on a daily basis, what are your three most common feelings that you experience? Stress. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm, I'm always like chasing my tail. Like let's I just pick do- three words of emotions. Okay. Stress. Okay. Um, stress, and I'm trying to figure out the word for just zipping from place to place. Chaotic. Yeah, chaotic. That's a good okay. word. Okay. Stress, chaotic, and mm. I don't know. I'm in those two places a lot. It's funny you didn't say anxiety. Yeah. Or anxious. Anxious. Anxious would definitely have to be in there because okay, those, so other, those other two words caused the anxious. Cause that one? Okay. And why do you have these feelings, stress, chaotic, chaos, and, um, or stress, chaotic, and anxious? Why do you have (coughs) those three feelings every day? (coughs) Because of the expectations that I have set for myself. What are those? (laughs) Um, I'm a list person. And my husband is a night shift worker, so we are totally two ships. Um, If he comes home on a normal basis, even though we've had the discussion and I've tried to flip, because I can, you know, I work out of the house, so I can flip it so that we have a window of time. Um, If I don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. Um, So... It's like, I know I need to be with him, but I also have A, B, C, D, E to get done today. And I'm just like, ta-da, 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 ta-da. And if anything falls behind, 
then everything explodes and it's just like, oh, crap, great. But there is no script for how any given day goes. And I have to just stop and look at things and say, you know, I, I can't control the way he thinks. I can't control the way he feels. Um, this was my plan for the day, but obviously it's going according to the way it's supposed to pivot. So what, what would you like your top three feelings to be? If you could like get rid of anxiety, like, and, and stress and chaotic, what, what would you like to feel? Top three feelings you wish you could have every day, all day. Peace, relaxation, and clarity. Peace, relaxation, and clarity. Why? Because then I wouldn't be bouncing off walls and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be up against this time constraint that's in my head all the time. And thinking that, you know, watching the clock and okay, well, you better get this done. Well, you didn't get, you didn't do that. Now you're behind. Do you think that you would have the same motivation to get things done if you didn't have anxious, stress, and chaotic there for you? Yeah, I would because I'm a, I'm a very driven person. Okay. I'm a hard worker. Um, and I feel, I, I feel really good when I'm completing my life and I'm completing things. I'm being, why? Because I'm not somebody to just sit. I can't just sit. What do you get when you complete a task? Um, I get, I get positive, good feelings, relief. Mm -hmm. I've accomplished something. I was productive. I wasn't just sitting around, you know, wasting precious time. So if you changed your top three feelings from anxious, chaotic, and stress to peace, relaxation, and what was the third one? I don't even remember what I said. But I, I think I think I said clarity. Clarity. So if you changed it to those three, um, would you keep any? Would you keep any of the other three around, like stress, anxious, and chaotic? You just get rid of all of them. You're like, no, you're not useful to me. Why? They're ne- they're negative. Okay. And what's wrong with that? Because they cause a lot of problems in my life. Negativity causes a lot of problems. Like what? <laughs> like what? Um, I just negativity is just it's it's icky. It just doesn't it doesn't feel good. How so? It just doesn't, it just does not feel good. Negativity makes me angry. Okay. Should you always feel positive? No. Why not? I'm not not saying I'm going to run around feeling like Mary Poppins and blowing sunshine and rainbows. Um, That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to be like that either. I need to be somewhere in that happy middle. Somewhere in the happy middle. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the things that, um, that when I did this exercise for myself, one of the things that I realized is that, um, anxiety is one that I hate. This is what I wrote. Anxiety is one that I hate and it shows up in many places. I'd like to swap out anxiety for abundance because then I would enjoy the things we've worked so hard for on a more regular basis. My brain's like, yep. And because we feel anxiety all the time, we can't feel abundance. So because you feel anxious and chaotic and stressed all the time, why can't you feel peace, relaxation, and clarity? Say that again. (laughs) Why can't you feel, or because you feel anxious, chaotic, and stress all of the time, why can't you feel peace, relaxation, and clarity? I can feel peace. I can feel those three things. I just have to... I have to wrap my mind around feeling that when, when I, I mean, because when this stuff is going on, the body cues and whatever else that's flying around the adrenaline and all that stuff, my body wanting to fight it. I've put in a lot of work on the skills to get myself out of like panic attacks and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. so no, I, yeah, I guess, you know, you're, you're bringing up a very good point. I can feel the peace, relaxation and clarity, even with that stuff going on. It's just, again, you're going to go, it's how you're thinking about it. <laughs> um, I, I just, uh, There's so much going on all the time. And I mean, there's, there's too much alone time. And so my brain has a lot of time to think because of our opposite schedules. Um, and the way my husband looks at it, because I'm here working and wearing all the hats, you know, why are you stressed out? Mm. Um, and we get one day together and that's it. Okay. Husband says, why are you stressed out? You think what when he says that? (laughs) I think what? You have no idea all the things I do around here. You... Have no idea all of the things I do around here. And how does that make you feel when you think that thought? I feel I'm just, I'm just like, duh. I mean, I just, I'm like, 
Um, I'm, I'm angry. Um, I, I, I feel, um, what's the word I'm trying to say here? I don't feel respected. I feel taken for granted. So when you think you have no idea, all of the things I do around here, you feel you had to pick one. You listed off angry and taken for granted is another thought. So we need a one word emotion there, but angry, was there something else you were trying to describe? I wondered if you were going to say irritated. Yes. Very irritable. I get that thrown in my face a lot. Okay. Irritated. And when you feel irritated, what do you do? I uh, change the tone of my voice. I raise the volume of my voice when I'm talking to him. Nothing, nothing good comes out of it. What do you not do when you're irritated? I don't stop and take a breath and I don't, I just, I just, I just react. And what does that look like when you react? I panic. I freak out. I blow up. Like in your head? Oh, in my head. Well, you said I panic. What does that look like? Panic is black. Okay. You can't, you can't even process a thought. Everything just kind of goes blank, just black. So mind goes blank. Yeah. Okay. And then you said something after that. You said, I panic. Then I do this. Then I do that. What were those things that you said? Um, I, I just said that I go blank. Um, I blow up, I freak out. I tense up. Like your like your hands, like physically tense up. Like you grab, you make a fist physically. Yes. I just want to punch, make a fist. Okay. Do you ever, um, walk out of the room or, um, turn around or stop talking, any of those things? Those are things I should do that I normally do not do. I, I don't back down because he will, he will challenge me and I just stay in, I stay in the ring. If he walks out of the room, I follow him. Okay. Uh, follow into other room. Anything else? Like what's going on inside of your head when all this is happening? Uh, this is ridiculous. This doesn't need to be happening. Why, why is this even happening? So maybe like some judgment of husband here. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Anything else that we missed? Okay. And what ends up happening? 
he just has had enough. He wa- he's ready to go to bed and he's just like, I don't have time for this. I'm done. And he's gone. What ends up happening for you here? I feel um, like, you know, punched in the gut um, because it's just going to sit and it's just going to eat away and it's just going to stir up the anxiety and all the other feelings. It's like you just have to sit and process through all of this and I'll check in with you on that 24-hour day that we have together. And I'm. It, this sounds like I'm making this all about us. And that's not the purpose of wanting to talk about my anxiety. So it's okay though. Yeah. But I, but I do, I just, I have to sit in all the junk and I have to process everything by myself and I have to wait for a certain day of the week to talk. So it's almost like I isolate me. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I am alone here, or I hurt me. Yeah, I know that I do all of that because my brain um, is always trying to protect me, and my brain is also telling, is doing a great job of beating me up and telling me you're stupid you can't do this you can't do that so it sounds like it sounds like judging self might be in here as well and self self self-loathing right oh sure because he, because you know i'm i tell him all the time you know he tells me you shouldn't be stressed you shouldn't feel this way there's no reason to feel anxiety when i t- when i tell him when we're trying to talk about things and whatever and i'm just frustrated and i c- can't stand it when somebody tells me that i can't do something um because i've Every time I've been told that I rise to the challenge and I, I do everything that people tell me I can't do. Um, Through what emotions? Well, I'm just determined. I'm determined and I'm driven. But when someone tells you, you can't do something, you said, I feel frustrated. And so I go and I do it. I don't know. Is that pride? No, I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting that we have this idea that negative emotions are bad and that we shouldn't feel them and that it would be better to experience positive emotions. And our higher brain is like, and it, it does not that I need to be at all the time. You know, I don't need to be sunshine and rainbows and Pollyanna all the time, but I would like to, it, it would be easier if it was right. But yet what you just described to me of when you conquer something and you go and you do it, it comes from this emotion sometimes of frustration. 
which would be considered a negative emotion. Right. And it might even come, we don't know because I haven't asked you the questions, but it, it could even come, or is it possible that it is that could also come from anxious or chaotic or stress? Getting the stuff done that I'm being told I can't do. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. So I'm going to flip it. Because um, I have had a lot of therapy to help me through this anxiety stuff. And PTSD goes right along with anxiety. And I've had a lot of traumatic events in my life. Um, but the, mo- the, the one that gets in the way the most is um, I've been in two uh, driver's side impact where I got T-boned. And I was told every single well, both times um, in the ER, you know, why are you here? You shouldn't have walked away from that. And my sense of humor kicks in and I just say, well, I didn't walk away. They brought me in in the ambulance. Didn't you guys see that? Um, So I didn't walk away from it. Um, But I've been, you know, a lot of uh, injuries, you know, and they told me I wouldn't walk and they wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. And, and I did it. Um, but in the back, you know, or not the back, it's not the back of the mind. I don't think it would be the front that's trying to protect me, um, when I am in the car and, um, I don't feel, I don't feel safe in the car. Um, we're going too fast or something like that because my husband, uh, drives on I-90 every night. I mean, he can do it in his sleep, um, to, to O'Hare where he works. And so whenever we go anywhere, he drives like he's driving in Chicago traffic and my body just shuts down. And even though we bought the car that I wanted to buy, that I feel safe in, and I have driven in the car, my brain will tell, I'll just get up and I'll just be like, I'm driving today and everything's cool. And there's other days where I just don't even want to deal with him or deal with the hassle. And I just let him drive. And then I, I'm just paralyzed. I can't, I'm it's like, I'm not driving anywhere. I don't remember the last time I drove. And if I ask him, can you please, can you please slow down? Because I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling scared. We have no, you don't need to feel anxious. You don't need to feel scared. Why are you feeling, why are you feeling that way? Because I'm feeling that way. And if you love me, you'll just slow down. It's not a big request I'm making here. So I don't know how to get around that thought. I'm going to ask you a question here just to get what's going on in your brain out of your brain, not because I agree or disagree with what he's doing or what you're doing in the situation. Okay. Um, You've seen, you did, did you see the class that I did on manuals last week? Yeah. In the feel it Friday email. Yes. And I was laughing and I have all my notes right here and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is us. <laughs> yes. It's, it's all of us. We all have manuals. Manuals are just a set of beliefs that we have for how other people should act so we can feel happy. Right. Yes. 
And what I heard you tell me just now was a very memorized manual of how you expect him to show love for you. You said, if he, if, if he loved me, he would slow down. What's also true? That he does love me. And he's going to drive the way he's going to drive. And I just have to suck it up. <laughs> you don't have to suck anything up, first of all. <laughs> oh, I know. I tell him, right? That. <laughs> you get to feel your feelings and whatever you want to feel. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of interesting here to see what your brain is doing, right? Because it's like, yep. And he must not love me because he's speeding and he knows it makes me upset. But who's in charge of your feelings? I am. Just you. He can't control your feelings and you can't control his feelings. He's the only person who can make him happy. And you're the only person that can make you happy. And one of the things that I heard you talk about is this boundary that you sometimes have, right? Mm -hmm. Boundaries, people get confused about boundaries. Boundaries are like, yeah, I have a boundary with that toxic person. I don't let them in my life. That's actually not a boundary. That's what Hollywood has defined as a boundary, but that's not a boundary. A boundary is something that you create for yourself out of love to protect your relationship with other people around you. So anytime that somebody creates a boundary with me, I used to be like, oh, they are so annoying with their boundaries, right? But what I realized is when I create a boundary with someone else, it shows how much I love them. For example, husband, we are going to drive on I-90. Is that what you said is the road? Yeah. Anytime that we drive on I-90, I'm going to drive. And if you want to drive, I'm going to take my own car. Do you have two cars? Yes. So if you want to drive, totally fine with me. I just want you to know that if you're going to drive, I'm going to drive my car behind you and I'll meet you there. And husband, he gets to say whatever he wants to say about that. He can have lots of thoughts and feelings about that. But you are responsible for your happiness and your feelings. And so if you want to feel safe in a car and you know that his version of safe is driving the way you described on I-90 because he drives like he's in O'Hare, right? Then for you, that's your boundary. You're like, yep. And it's also possible that he loves me. And that's just, he feels like he's safe and I don't. And he might say, you're so ridiculous. That's wasting gas. Why would you take two cars? And you can be like, babe, we can totally take one car, but I'm going to need to drive. What's coming up for you? Um, The thought that my brain tells me that, you know, there's certain, like, I don't even know the last time I drove on a tollway because, because of the anxiety that comes in and just 
shuts everything down, the panic attack that happened. Do you have Uber? Taxis? Yeah, we, have, we, we have Uber. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you feel that way when anyone drives? No. Just your it's husband? Like, yeah, he's pretty erratic. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even put his hands on the wheel. <laughs> so you could be like, if you don't feel comfortable driving yourself, you could call an Uber. True. You could be like, I'm just going to call an Uber and I'm going to meet you there. And you can totally ride in the Uber with me. And, and a lot of times when I set a boundary, that's making me really uncomfortable that I'm afraid what they're going to think. Sometimes I will just verbalize it and say, and I'm doing this because I care about my relationship with you so much. And for me, this is just what I have to do so that I don't hate you eventually. (laughs) And I just love you so much. So if you want to drive, it's totally fine. I'm going to meet you there. Or we can like ride in the back of an Uber and we can hold hands and we can talk. We can like pretend like we're like kids, like being driven around. Like either way, like I want you to get to wherever we're going and I want to be able to get to where we're going. And I want us both to have like the experience we want to have. And when I get there, I want to be able to enjoy you. So I can either drive or I can meet you there. And I'm totally fine with whatever you pick. Mm-hmm. But we like mess things up with our brain. And then we like run this model and we're like, see, and it means he doesn't love me. And husband might have words that he says, and you might have a thought about it that might create a negative emotion. And you'd be like, see, that stupid stuff that Emily teaches is all a lie. No, I've, I've been using a lot of what Emily teaches and that drives him insane. And I'm like, oh, I know you can't, you can't like put it on and like, like driving and like, oh yeah, we're just going to listen to this. And then be like, I hope he knows that she's talking to him right now. And he learns so that he behaves and runs the model that I have for him so that I can be happy. That doesn't work. (laughs) That totally doesn't work in case you're wondering. It doesn't work. Totally doesn't work because who's the only person in charge of making you happy? I am. You are. And this is like my biggest disagreement with all marriage counselors in the whole universe is marriage counselors. Some of them say you need to, you need to make your spouse happy and you're responsible for making each other happy. And then like, they wonder why everybody ends up in divorce. It's because you, it's impossible for me to make my husband happy. It's impossible for me to make my kids happy. Impossible. But a lot of us have this belief that if we just act a certain way, we behave a certain way, then then we'll make someone else happy. And then when it doesn't work, we're like, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. Which causes anxiety. Yeah. So what, what is the, what is the switch with the thought? Is it the manual thing? 
So first of all, have compassion for yourself. That's always the place that I make myself start when I hear myself saying, oh, what do I do to fix it? Right? I go, okay, compassion. First of all, I've been T-boned twice. I mean, it's no wonder I'm a little bit anxious when I get in the car. Yeah. I don't trust the other drivers. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I trust me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Yeah. So you're like, I mean, it's clear why I'm anxious right now. Right. And then you can be like, I wonder curiosity comes next, right? Compassion. And then curiosity be like, I wonder if there could ever be a time where I could feel peace driving in a car. What conditions would have to happen for me to feel peace driving in a car? What would I need to be thinking to feel peace driving in a car? For me, my anxiety was like through the roof when I was building my pool, right? I was having nightmares that Dean was going to drown. I would like text my pool guy at like 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday, like asking when the pool cover is going to be going in. And then God had this like super funny sense of humor. I controlled the situation so effectively that the cover people were scheduled to put it in the day we finished filling the pool and they broke the hydraulic tube so that the entire thing was installed, but we couldn't close it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I danger. Dean's going to drown. I mean, we were on like high alert in our house. I got coached on it a thousand times. I was sobbing. I was like having panic attacks. And one thing that really helped me during that time that I think could be useful to you is when I was sitting there, I would sit and I'd be like, right now, where is Dean? He's sleeping in his bed Mm -hmm. or He's watching a show or he has floaties on and I'm watching him in the pool. Right? right? Like even right now, my husband is out of town. And so my two littlest are here alone. And in my mind, I have to keep saying, I start to panic. Oh my gosh, what are they doing? Maybe Dean could die. And I'm like, the pool cover is closed. Right now, the pool cover is closed. Right. I have to like talk to my anxiety and be like, it's closed. Right. They're right in the other room. And so when you're in the car and -hmm. maybe you you've broken the boundary with yourself of. And you let him drive, you let husband drive. Yeah. Right. And maybe in that moment, you're like right now I'm sitting here in the car and nobody is hitting us. Here we go. Driving in the car. See, we just drove past three more cars that didn't hit us. 
Let's see if we can make it through the next one. There we go, we just passed another one. Just made through three intersections, didn't get T-boned once. Right, and like allowing yourself to, and being like, and I'm gonna choose anxiety right now. Or you can be like, I'm gonna choose peace. Cause right here, right now I'm fine. We're speeding down the road at 90 miles an hour and I am not dead. Right. Alive right now, sitting next to this man that I love. And he's like totally taking good care of me. And I like to call that little exercise. What, what else is true? What else is true? Cause our brain, it likes, I mean, we, I say, I've said this so many times before, but I loved that you said it, right? Like we have the most brilliant, advanced brain that has ever seen the planet earth. And it is constantly trying to keep us safe and warn us of danger. And that's because we still have our lower brain. That's not adapted to what our prefrontal cortex has evolved into. We just aren't evolved all the way. We're halfway there again, 50, 50, 50% of us is totally evolved and can think ahead and process our emotions and think about our thoughts. That's what separates us from my dog Cosette, right? She just walks around all day. Like, I think I'll nap right here. That chicken nugget looks good. I think I'll eat it. She's not thinking about intermittent fasting and she's <laughs> like, I'm going to eat that nugget and the other eight that are in the box with it. She's yes. not caring about her physical appearance or that the vet thinks she's overweight. She's like, nugget smells good. Eat it now. Right. You put a dog in the car and go 90 down the interstate and they're going to be like, <sighs> yeah, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. Right. Yeah. So but I care because I feel like a speeding bullet and I don't want to die because I saw my life literally right. flash in front of my face twice. And you can talk to your brain and you can be like, yep. We're, we're going to choose fear right now. I'm going to, you know, fist up my hands and I might even talk to my husband a little bit, you know, with a change of tone or raise of voice. <laughs> my breathing might be really fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I also, what, what's also available to me is to talk to myself and just go, shh. Totally alive right here, right now, sitting in this chair. I have my seatbelt on. And we are, we're going faster than I want to go right now, but like, I'm not dead yet. And I'm actually like, sort of like a cat with nine lives. Like, I've been hit by, I've been T boned <laughs> twice, and they never think that I'm going to walk out of here. So the odds are really in my favor here. If we do get hit, odds are I'm walking out of this thing. I have said that. I, That's I also true. Right. But when you're in this moment and you're choosing thoughts, like you're going too fast, we're going to die. Of course, you're going to feel anxiety. Yeah. But that's like the best news ever because you're in charge of your thoughts that create your feelings. So if you're like, and I don't want to feel anxious right now, 
then you can be like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Okay. So I'm still alive and I've got my seatbelt on and I know my husband loves me and he's actually a really good driver. I mean, he hasn't crashed us yet. Right. He wasn't the one that was in the T-bone. Yeah. Who? Wait, you were the one driving in the T-bones. Yeah. I I don't want to be in a car with you driving. My brain's like, don't get in the car with Terry because she gets hit when she drives. You know, I'm like being humorous, right? But oh, like, I know. you get what I'm saying. I do. Like maybe do. your husband, is it possible that your husband's like, I don't want Terry to drive. She has bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's. I totally need to drive true. to keep her safe. Yeah. That's like, totally is that true. also possible? Yeah. Yeah. But like right now your brain's like so committed, like husband is the villain and I'm the victim. (laughs) And like, it's because of him that I have constant stress, anxiety and whatever else. What was the other thing? Now I forget what it was. Stress. Oh, chaotic. Chaotic. It's him. He's just your circumstance. He's my we could run. We could run so many models on it. You're like, no, he's the one that's causing all the problems. I'm the list no. maker. I'm the whatever. I know, but the lower brain is a little bit. It, it is a little bit, right? I can't lie to you as your coach. I have to like show you the things that nobody else is willing to point out, right? Yes. But like a little bit, it's like, oh, husband is the problem. And if husband just lived the model better that I have for him, the you know, the manual. If he just lived, lived the manual, which is you only drive the speed limit and you let me drive and you are always happy and nice to me in the very little time that you're with me, then I will feel happy and I will not have to feel anxious or chaotic or stressed. But who's the only person in charge of you being happy? Me. Just you. That's the only person. He's just your circumstance. Because you have a human brain. That's trying to keep you safe. Yeah. I get mad at my brain for doing that. Right. Cause it, it cause like if we judge ourselves and beat ourselves up, that will fix it. No, that makes no. it worse. It makes it worse. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Yes, it is. Okay. Well now you can like practice this other thing when you get in the car or you can have the boundary. Me yes. like, I'm taking an Uber and I love you so much. I'm doing, cause I love you and I really want to have a good night together. I don't want to be irritated at dinner. And I know that like, I'm just not in the right space to let you drive tonight. So I can either drive or I'll just meet you there. I like that. And then he gets to act how what? he can have a tantrum. He oh, can yeah. be all upset, but like you <laughs> can show up the peaceful person that you want to show up as if you set the boundary. And if you don't set the boundary, then it's just your fault. And then you get to take accountability for that and be like, yep, I totally gave in because I was worried about him. I thought that I could control his feelings. And if I just got in the car and didn't have my boundary and let him speed and I just suffer with anxiety and then I end up in a panic attack and we have to go to the ER and then he's unhappy and I'm unhappy and I created this because I didn't have a boundary. Yeah, it's a lot of mess. It's just, you're, there you go being human again. It's not a mess. 50% of the time it's awesome. And 50% of the time it's a mess. 
And so be compassionate with yourself when that stuff happens. Just literally be like, yep, here I go being human again. Watch me go. There it was happened again. It's crazy every day. Just sort of works this way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. You're going to like practice this and oh, so good. Yeah. Cause we're going to take a trip for our anniversary. See? Oh, so many opportunities. He is your teacher and you are his teacher. And anytime that I find myself being like, I hate them. I correct myself and I go, no, I just hate my thoughts when I'm around them. And then I go, and they're my teacher. Right. And we're like, so mad that they're like teaching us the things we don't like about ourselves. We're like, see, I would feel better if you would just behave. Yeah. And then you have to correct yourself and be like, no, I'm the only one that can make me happy. Doesn't matter how he acts. I've been doing a lot of that lately. <laughs> yeah. Now we're not talking about physical abuse or any of that stuff. No, we're not talking about any of that. That's different, but you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Thank okay. You. That was so amazing. And just so appreciate both you and Tricia and what you shared with all of us today, because you taught everybody listening to this amazing things. Awesome. So good. All right, guys, we'll see you back here tomorrow, noon mountain time. And also 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, Friday, September 17th. I am posting 20 new spots to get coached. The way that you get coached just like you heard Terry get coached and Tricia get coached today, they sign up ahead of time. So tomorrow there will be 20 new spots posted. And let me tell you what's been happening. What's been happening is um, either the spots are gone in like five minutes or they sit for two hours because everybody thinks they're gone in five minutes and they didn't even try to get a spot. So go try and get a spot. And I know you're trying to avoid negative emotion of disappointment. If you miss out, I get it, but not to fret because 50% of the time you're going to feel super happy. And the other 50% of the time you might feel disappointed, but you get to come to the calls either way and listen to coaching. And if they don't show up for coaching, then you get to raise your hand to be coached on the call. Uh, if there's room. So I love you guys. I can't wait for tomorrow. Thank you for coming and making this incredible because it's you guys that, uh, that bring your vulnerability and your heart and you guys have all the answers anyway. So thanks. Love you guys. We'll see you here tomorrow. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called beyond the rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank. 
at emilygibsoncoaching.com.